0: transforming society podcast is brought to you by bristol university press and policy press in episodes covering a wide range of social issues we speak to authors and editors about their books and journals to get to grips with the story their research tells and look at the specific ways in which it could transform society for the better Having worked for over 25 years in health services research and policy, senior scientific advisor Tara Lamont knows a thing or two about the challenges of making sure the right research gets to the right people at the right time. Her new book, Making Research Matter, Steps to Impact for Health and Care Researchers, Tara backs up the importance of putting in the work around engagement with some eye-watering facts and figures. For example reading that in the broader field of biomedical science there's roughly two papers a minute landing and that's every minute of every day might be enough to make even the most optimistic health and care researcher feel overwhelmed at the prospect of trying to make their research matter but never fear because Tara's book is packed full of evidence-based advice on what to do to make sure your research is top of the pile. Tara thank you so much for being with us today. Great to be here. Okay, well, let's start by actually applying the advice that you give on creating engaging communication by asking why doing this research really matters to you and um, what your inspiration was behind writing the book. So um, I spent quite a few years leading work
1: at an evidence centre from a major research funder where we were trying to get the research findings into the hands of nurses, doctors, patients and others. Um, and what I commonly found was people, academics, researchers, at different stages of their career would be very comfortable about submitting a paper for a peer review, review journal. But when they were asked to do an opinion piece, to write a blog, just not very confident, didn't know what to do. And I found often people would say to me, should I be doing an animation or should I be tacking on a toolkit And I felt it was the wrong approach. I felt that researchers should start with who are they trying to reach and then understand um, a bit more about who that audience is and where they go to um, and um, to sort of make their work accessible and engaging. And I felt there was a gap in um, the evidence, if you like, in the literature. there, there, there There's some very theoretical work around um, knowledge mobilization, which is important and interesting. Um, and then there's some um, how-to, which is very much based on a kind of communications approach, which again is useful. But I felt there's something in the middle about um, advice for researchers who want to um, be true to the science, so understanding the weight of the evidence, um, which is a bit different, I think, from a standard kind of journalistic approach, um, but something that's much more practical than the kind of theoretical literature on on implementation and, and knowledge mobilization.
0: So it's really about bringing together from your personal experience of questions that researchers are asking you or have asked you in the past, bringing together a book that um, is is a very application based book, but equally is heavily grounded in, you know, the reason why the the evidence and the research um, behind doing this. Yeah, Um, I mean, I've hoped. I
1: hope for those who find it a bit scary and a bit kind of daunting. Um, I've tried to um, pepper the book with illustrations of research that I find interesting and engaging um, and um, researchers and research teams who've tried different approaches um, and have had success in making it land. But I've also Um, through the work that I did at my evidence centre I I met fantastic people through the course of my work so I've interviewed some of them and those range from journalists to um, people at theconversation.com to um, uh, a a leading nurse and physiotherapist who've who've run online learning platforms and um, podcast um, series and so on so I think the book benefits from their insights as well as what I've learned. Brilliant, brilliant.
0: So I mean, why is it so difficult to make research matter in today's world? What would you say the biggest problem is uh, facing health and care researchers in getting their work noticed?
1: I think it is this big problem of attention, um, isn't it? It, We we live in a busy world um, and a point that one of, the people I interviewed, Jack Chu, physiotherapist who runs a kind of um, platform for researchers and others. The point he made is, is that researchers are having to compete, not with other research, but with, um, you know, Disney Plus and um, Twitter and Reddit. And um, actually, you um, practitioners who might be interested in your research, they might be reading um, a paper or downloading something in the evenings at home. So you have to grab their attention, um, but you have to do it in a way which isn't sensationalising or diluting the integrity of your research. So I I think the biggest problem is the saturation Um, of uh, you know information in a way that you know is very different from when I was starting out in 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 work so I think researchers have to work that much harder to get their research noticed in the right way.
0: I think it's really interesting you talk you, you sort of talk in a degree of caution about being really honest about the extent to which your research needs to be noticed as well and being really clear about who, who notices it don't you, you know that not all research needs or indeed deserves the same amount of kind of bandwidth almost um Uh, So there's there's a a sort of an ethical question there for researchers to be uh, thinking about as well. Um, I think I think that's really true. And that is why
1: um, I think there is a responsibility for researchers to, um, you know, to promote carefully and with uh, uh, with knowledge of what weight their study their study um, bears, you know, not not every single study is going to be groundbreaking and that's not how science works. So um, it, it's, yeah, it's about responsible promotion.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I think a key part of the solution, um, that, as I understand it, that, that, that you uh, talk about is researchers really engaging with the who that they're targeting their work at. So I think in the book, you talk about the five steps of good engagement. Um, I was wondering if you could walk us through what they are, how they work and why they matter.
1: Yeah so so my five steps start with the most important one of asking the right questions. So making sure that the research that you do is relevant and interesting. Um, and obviously a lot of research nowadays is funded on that basis um, uh, but I think reminding yourself, um, right the way through what is that key uncertainty for the service, why does it matter, um, because ultimately if, if the content of your research is not important and interesting and in addressing um, a, a useful gap in knowledge then um, it, it doesn't deserve to be um, more, more widely known. So that's the first thing, ask, ask the right question. Um, and then the second thing is really understanding the context in which your research might land. Um, so um, if your research is, is um, um, you know, focused on um, allied health professionals or is focused on workforce, you know, you have to understand the policy context, the drivers What's going on in in the world of the health service, or if you're um, a principal social, if your all if your work is directed or around safeguarding, what is the world like for principal social workers at, at the minute? So understand the context. The third thing is to involve the right people throughout your study, so not just at the end. But if um, if the audience of your work are midwives or um, paramedics to involve those people um, while you're carrying out your study so that you're understanding um, the insights generated by your study and that they can help you um, land the work in the right way. And number four related to that is you're not going to do that on your own. So partner up with organizations and individuals to make sure your work has has impact. So for instance, um, I did a piece piece of work um, gathering together some stroke, uh, some some research on on the organization and quality of stroke services, and worked closely with a stroke association um, who were able to reach clinicians, stroke survivors in ways that I couldn't, um, and then did a series of outputs, one of which was an article for the HSJ with some stroke positions um, who are also leads for stroke system redesigns in their localities. So partner up with the right people because as a researcher you're not likely yourselves to have the kind of deep and broad um, connections that your research might need. And then the fifth thing is making sure that the content and the way you present it is engaging and accessible And, and my book um, has a couple of chapters on the how and, and 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 tips to do that well
0: yeah brilliant that's really helpful and I think what's interesting is almost that um, that that middle point involving the right people throughout the study almost underpins all of those points doesn't it so you know the way you know that you're asking the right questions is by actually you know maybe asking the people that your study is there to help or support or who are dealing with those uh with those issues so um yeah one of the things that came across to me very um clearly was this sense of um of almost having your wider team around you um mm. uh, a, a, of people that, uh, that that you're aiming to help because that's the, the purpose of you know most research isn't it to actually mm. to, um, help a situation um brilliant okay and um so I, I, one of the really big challenges, it seems to me, with, um, with, with, with research having an impact is around timing. Um, so, you know, for a piece of research to get full attention, what it needs to be published at the right moment when the problem the work addresses is getting mainstream recognition... Uh, The political mood is pro-action. And I guess there's a workable solution or policy that can be readily implemented. And these feel a lot like the ingredients of a sort of a reverse perfect storm. Um, Oh, isn't that a bit impossible to predict or to build into your research proposal? Can you talk to us a bit more about navigating the challenge of timing for us?
1: Sure. I mean, I think it, it really comes down to that second principle of engagement about understanding the context. Um, so I think if you understand the kind of broader um, policy or service context and landscape, then it's easy, easier for your research to be ready to make an impact at the right time. And I give a a couple of examples of them in in the book. And one of them was around weekend working um, and 24 seven care. So yeah, no one quite understood that, um, when was it three or four years ago, that there would be that much noise around the kind of junior doctor's contract and seven day working around that. But on the other hand, um, the service was very stretched. So the the questions around how do we make a safe, sustainable um, seven-day service were very current. And um, researchers who understood that um, field would w- would know about the kind of right time to kind of um, make ripples in, in the right way. So I think it's about having those um contacts with the wider kind of policy networks. Um, and I interviewed Paul Kearney, an academic, um, with some great insights on um, evidence use by policy makers. And he talks about these kind of diffuse circles of decision makers. So I think it's and those can be very different um, depending on the topic and focus of the research. So I think it's just having those relationships um, and and having those insights throughout the study, as you said, it's having those relationships with the right stakeholders throughout the study, which will help you um, in in getting the kind of timing right. But I think it's also about being pragmatic. um, And if a, a window opens up of perhaps having a version of your work, it might be um, if funders agree, you know, kind of having preprint versions, having a slide pack for decision makers that can just, um, you know, hit the moment, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, perhaps there, there'll be a lot of um, researchers out there working on sort of green and sustainable healthcare where there's a moment at the moment with COP26 and, and it's about exploiting those hooks and um, opportunities as they arise.
0: Yeah, and you, you mentioned this idea about needing to be agile um, as a, as a researcher, and, and and perhaps dare I say it, not too sort of perfectionist. You don't necessarily need to get to the end of the study to be able to start to make some uh, some some uh, noise, put, put out an interim report or something that can that can capitalize on a, a perfect moment. Yeah, and again, I think this is about the judgment of when there is enough.
1: Uh, substantive evidence to share um so it's not I I think it's it's perhaps it's easy it's easy to stimulate interest and to grab headlines but I think the point of my book is about doing it in a kind of responsible and thoughtful way Mm -hmm. so yes I think um uh, you know I, I, I think um you know particularly with studies project research projects of three to four years there will always be a place for you know judicious interim findings and often projects are in kind of work streams and and there can be different outputs um along the way and certainly um nihr the funder that i i work for is is looking at having sort of threaded publications and Having timely outputs, um, uh, you know, uh, publish as you go is is kind of uh, rather than waiting for a big bang monograph at the end Mm -hmm. of a project. So I think it's a different way of thinking that is supported and encouraged by um, funders as well as researchers themselves.
0: And And I think, you know, that even just in how your book is structured, you've really spent some time. Um, going through those three major groups in in terms of the who that um, researchers uh, are trying to communicate with or want their research to have impact with. Um, And I think, you know, one of the things that's really nice about the book is that um, you give some very practical sort of advice in terms of tailoring that communication to your audience and and, and really helping to break down how you might do that. Because I think that can be really quite difficult, um, as you say, when you're working within a within an academic discipline, what you're familiar with is academic writing and writing in a very technical, thorough, um, evidence-based way. And that might not be the best, uh, the the best way to get the essence of your message through to the right people.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I I quote
1: uh, uh, um, a linguist, um, uh, Peter Elbow, who has this great, Um, phrase about how academics have linguistic disability of you know kind of there's an academic training of you know um, being challenged being encouraged to hold kind of opposing um, thoughts and counter arguments but it can get in the way of kind of clear compelling messages so it's partly a, a process of unlearning I mean keeping that rigor but, but really thinking about the you know the elevator pitch and and the kind of key headline messages which tell the story of your research.
0: Well, one of the things that's interesting because the chapter one of the chapters I really loved was was about writing and writing style and thinking about yourself as a writer, which. Um, you know i i find it quite odd uh, i've worked with a number of academics and, and even though they do write lots of papers and you know uh, and write books and things they don't necessarily consider themselves writers in 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 that sense um but i think um one of the um, one of the key things is that actually even when you're writing in that more in-depth academic technical way if you are and can be really clear and have that conversation over the garden fence with your neighbour who doesn't understand your subject uh, in a way that they can understand it that actually only bolsters and improves what you're writing when you go back to writing in a more technical way I think which is really interesting. Um, you, you ask um, re- researchers to consider the sort of writing they enjoy reading in the broadest sense, you know, fiction, nonfiction, the different types of writing and writers that speak to them. Um, it'd be great to hear a bit more about your rationale and thinking behind this and how those actions can really help to make the work of a health and care researcher achieve greater impact. Yes, so
1: um I think writing um, for general um, or non-academic audiences is is a different skill Um, and I I think sometimes it's helpful to think about what you like to read yourself Um, and and it's partly about having a kind of perhaps a, a more conversational style, being perhaps a bit playful or humorous, but without, again, sort of compromising the the seriousness and substance of of the work. So there are are writers who, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not alone in in really enjoying the work, people like Atul Gawande, who I think, you know, where's his learning lightly. Um, So he'll bring in uh, stories of patients or of his own family, um, while, you know, while, while playing in um, a much wider background of the kind of his deep clinical, you know, his practice knowledge and, um, uh, you know, his kind of learning of the kind of system structures of, of healthcare. So um, I think uh, it, it's individual to you. So um, people have different tastes. Um, and, you know, it's not about, um, you know, starting a, a blog with a joke or a limerick, if that doesn't come naturally to you. But it's it's something about um, uh, just perhaps trying out um, a few different styles, different formats. Um, and I mean, the other thing I'd say in terms of... The discipline, because it is a discipline of being able to summarize your project well to a neighbor or, um, you know, a a fellow parent at school or or whoever. I I hold in my mind the kind of mantra that simple is not easy. Um, And, you know, you need to give considered thought. So, again, sort of one of my day jobs is I'm one of the editors. Um, for the NIHR journals library. And I look carefully at the plain English summary. And in my book, I spend quite a lot of time talking about the the art and craft of a good plain English summary. And, you know, there are tools to help you look at um, readability. You know, you can score text um, reading um, using Fleisch scores and other things. But to me, it's not a mechanical task um you know so you can have um sometimes um you need longer sentences to speak clearly in 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 short words um and um you need to be mindful of am i telling the story of my project am i getting the key findings out um and um i think again one of the one of my interviewees who really helped me think through some of these issues, is Sally Crow, who's done a lot of work in the kind of patient and public engagement space. And she says that, you know, people can cope with uncertainty in terms of communicating science and communicating research. And I think researchers often feel they have to um, be cap- perhaps bolder, or, um, you know, kind of oversimplify. But I think there's a balance. I think you can um, have quite subtle and complex messages which are expressed um, simply, but there's, a, there's an art to doing that.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I mean, as you say, it is about learning um, a different skill and actually um, sort of going through the book. I think there's, um, that there is that sense of, of, of this being an opportunity to become adept at, at a new set of skills, in fact. Um, I did want to ask you, because it could feel quite overwhelming, that as a researcher, you're also having to take on so many different jobs, um as such in addition to performing the actual research so there's an element there of needing to um, be a bit of a marketeer be good at networking and be able to master multiple writing styles and formats create kind of lasting friendships with influencers and journalists etc and I I wondered what you would say to their health and care researcher to help them feel positive about what might feel like an extra burden of work that this could impose upon them
1: no, that's a really good point. Um, so, I mean, I think partly it's it, it may come more easily to some people than others, and perhaps it's on a research team of finding out who, you know, who, who is uh, perhaps more at ease in doing a podcast or, um, or whatever. But, I mean, I think my other main message is we don't all have to be, um, you know, brilliant communicators but it's partly about um, uh, you know exercising those muscles you know having a go trying some things and importantly working with other people who are very good at this so I mean, a lot of my interviewees were saying you know they'd love to work with researchers whether it's sean linton as a health um, correspondent correspondent the independent or um, eileen shepherd The nursing times um or clint wichells who's the health editor of theconversation.com there are there are people who are um specialists in the field of communication um and who um are very happy to work with researchers and perhaps kind of review drafts of blogs or um pieces and and work with them so it's um yeah it's a craft that i think you can get better at I think some people, um, it will come more naturally too, and it, it's just. Um, it, I think it's it's appreciating that whoever it is doing this, that um, in the in the in the current age, if you want your work to have impact, um, research does need some support and help to get out into the world. Um, and however you do 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 that, and whoever on your team does that, it's just about recognizing the effort and attention needed to do that well.
0: Excellent. It was really lovely to read. Um, uh, yeah journalists and people um, working on these publications really sort of encouraging I think researchers to to come and pitch their work and to come and talk to them and 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 I think there's a real sense as well of this idea of um, you can work um, collaboratively And, and I feel that sort of underpins this whole The the whole ethos of what you're saying in in, in the book is that actually, you know, it's moving us away from this idea of the lone researcher or the lone academic, um, you know, going out and battling against the problem and coming back with the solution. It's actually saying, look, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. We're all part of a community here, which I think is really lovely. Um, I suppose as a follow up to that last um, point about the the potential sense of, um, you know, there's a lot to do almost is and what one thing do you think every health and care researcher could do today that would perhaps positively uh, um, impact positively affect the impact of their work
1: I think my advice would be try something new so maybe that's write a blog maybe it's sending a tweet in my book um, I reproduce a, a, a twitter thread started by a PhD student, uh, describe your PhD project in four words. I mean perhaps try that. Yeah. Summarize your project in, in four words. And I think I think it's just thinking about the key um, messages in your in your research in, in a different way um, that will help you um, to actually getting it get it get it out into the world.
0: And there's a bit of having fun isn't there really almost yeah as you say sort of have fun with it yeah which is really lovely brilliant oh well thank you so much um, for your time today tara um tara lamont's new book making research matter steps to impact for health and care researchers published on the 15th of october by policy press it's a thoroughly researched and i should say evidenced text which rather beautifully illuminates the central tenets of the book full of fascinating anecdotes, great use of metaphor and examples in which individual stories illustrate the universal points Tara makes in how to make research impactful. The book's available via open access and is an accessible, easy digestible read, which offers practical pointers to help health and care researchers truly make their research matter.